podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you're tuned into episode number 86 of Three Questions in a Song, where the title of the podcast tells everything except when it doesn't. Uh, it will not be three questions. <laughs> this is episode number 86. You can find us on buildascene.com. And with me tonight from Harmony Dreamers is Byron Scott. What's up, Byron? Hey, good to be here, man. How are you out there? I'm good. I am. You're in Pittsburgh, right? Or area? So I'm about 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. North. Okay. I'm about 10 minutes from Michael. Michael Stover, but I've never yeah. met. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? No way. Yeah, hey, I, I got I, a question for you. Okay, good. You're from Pittsburgh area, and I know you are big into the life scene. Have you ever heard of a band called Three Brick Shy? Oh, it's no. Okay, not friends I of have... yours anyway. Okay, friend of mine's in that, and I, I don't even know if they're still together, but they did wineries and all sorts of things around there. But uh, for years and had an album. But uh, I just thought this by chance you might know my buddy out there. But that's all right. I but mean, you know Michael. I do know Michael. You, even though you never met him in person. <laughs> so Michael and I met through um, Xander Demos, who is a um, – let me think how I want to describe him. He's a, a phenomenal guitar player. He's a shredder. And uh, Michael was representing him. He was the first first person from MTS that that I interviewed. And uh, mm. now now Michael's my go to if I'm if I'm getting to the point where my my list is a little short on who I'm scheduling. I send him a message. I'm like, who do you have for me, Michael? And uh, you were he was like, let's do him. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, hey, Mike, the man. Uh, he's a great guy. I met him kind of the last minute and. Uh... He's really got a great system going. That's all I'll say is that uh, for promoting, uh, and that's of all the steps that it takes to put out an album or a single, um, a lot of them have gotten easier now in the digital age, but the promoting is still an endless thing. And Michael has got it wired down to helping out independent artists, you know, like you. And so, uh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of stuff you do as well to help independent artists for a long time, a, right? A big list. <laughs> I know you yeah, do. I, I started websites. I, I my first website I did was in 1996, so I've I've been at this for a while, and I'm wow. still the the two members of that band are um I'm like I still do a lot of work with with them. Really, um, they actually do a um, benefit concert here, um, called Rock for Life concert. Yes, uh, it's a series of concerts. Um, in the summer and, and into the early fall, they have outdoor concerts and then they have right. some indoor ones and they raise money for children who are fighting deadly diseases. Oh, nice. Um, so that's since we're, since it came up, it's rock for life concert.com. And, um, I do do that website. Um, oh, you do, huh? And then Matt, who's the drummer of Matt, if you're from the Pittsburgh area and somebody says, Oh, you know, Matt from, and then you can pretty much insert any band name and they're all going to go, oh, yeah, I know him because he's played in so many bands. Um, I think he's in six or seven right now. He's a drummer? Yes. Yeah, a drummer, yeah, okay. And that's that's what he does. Um, 
you know, he, I asked him one time, I was like, how are you in so many bands? He goes, because I, that's what I do. I don't, that's my job now. <laughs> so. There's a lot of that in big cities in Seattle. There are a lot of guys that hop around from, and if they read, that's even better. You know, sometimes it's tough on the band leaders though, because you get these guys and you got these harmonies worked out and then you say, hey, I got this gig. Oh, I'm booked that night, man. Sorry. You know, but yeah. Uh, but if he doesn't sing, he can play anything, you know. So that's great. Matt, I'll, I'll ask Randy, my friend, if he knows Matt. Yeah, he's yeah and a... I know you do You do photography and promoting bands and we're, uh, we're live in, shows. We're in the process of working out a deal with a um, local venue. Um, man, this is the first time we can talk about this. I don't know if I want to put it out there. Um so there's uh, well, it's up to first, you. first Angel Media, which is a local media company that I'm vice president of. Um, the president and owner and I um, are in contact with a um, local venue that I've been doing some website and um, social media work for. And we're probably going to start a series either once a month or every other month where it's going to be First Angel Media and Build the Scene present. And then it'll be a show at that venue. But I don't want to throw ah, the venue name out yet. <laughs> live show, that's... yeah. So a little excellent. A little bit of show promoting is probably coming early in 2023. And uh, now, did you come from a musical family, musical background? So, so <laughs> my mom was in a band. <laughs> really, <laughs> she was in a church band. It was um, sure. basically my mom is one of eleven kids. And uh, pretty much everybody in the family was in that band. Wow. Um, she sang and played the, um, oh, why am I going to completely blank on it? Um, wow. What? I can't, this is so, when I, I'm going to give you the motion and you're going to laugh that I can't remember okay. this instrument name. Brombone? <laughs> no, um, it jingles. <laughs> oh, oh, jingle um, bell. I don't, oh, oh um, tambourine. Tambourine. Thank you. I cannot believe. Listen, I'm going to hey, get out again. I, I that I was teaching today. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I understand. Yeah, yeah she, it so happens. She, she was the lead singer, and she played the tambourine. Um, my uncles all played bass and guitar and drums, and you know, it was. I didn't get to witness it, but um, to this day, she can still sing, even though she'll tell you she can't. <laughs> ah, then, so. Uh... And then what my, about you? I cannot sing anything to the point Nothing. that, well, that's not true. Um, the song Sound of Silence, the, the Disturbed cover. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I can kind of sing that because it's so deep. Oh, um, really? But after that, if I'm singing, my kids tell me to stop. That song that I'm allowed <laughs> to sing, nothing else. <laughs> and my, hey, my, you might like, I would have a little plug. You might like our album because, uh, I used to try to sing high all my life in rock bands, you know? And then when I was working on cruise ships for five years, I had to do five sets by myself singing, you know? And so my friend said, just lower the songs till they're comfortable. And I started singing everything low and I discovered, Hey, guess what? Ding dong. You're supposed to be singing low. And so on the album, I'm doing all these bass and, and lower. And then I got, I have eight girl singers that are, matched up to the songs and so uh it's a lot of low vocals so you're gonna like that you can sing along without it you know 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that song, uh, Sound of Silence, great song. It seems like at, at karaoke, everybody has their one song that they can do, you know, at least. You know, you got to have your song. I've, right? always, I've done karaoke one time, and I sang La Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> and only because the I was singing it as a duet with an exchange student from Spain. So That's I was perfect. really whispering, and he was singing. Following along. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. So my, my family-wise, my kids all play instruments and sing. They um, do. My daughters, um, Emmeline plays the flute. Um, Bria plays the um, clarinet. Twin Aiden, daughters. Yeah, they're twin daughters. They're 12. And What's their names? Emmeline and Bria. Um, they're different. <laughs> and uh, Aiden, Bria, that's like my, yeah, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Aiden plays the trumpet. Um. Trumpet. He also has taught himself how to play the the fife. Um, he can wow. play play the piano. Knows how to play harmonica. Um, he knows oh. a little bit about a little bit of guitar. Um, oh, he has a he... drum pad that he plays with. And um, apparently, his new band teacher is a ninth grader is trying to get him to switch to a. I think a you. I can't think what it's called. It's basically a trumpet, but it plays at a different tone. It's you. Euphoria. It's not euphoria, but it sounds like euphoria. <laughs> hmm. I'm not familiar with that one right offhand, but it's a trumpet-like thing. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, he then, sounds like he sounds like he has an ear for music to play all of those things. You know, uh, well, that's, he's got a natural talent for sure. He's also really good at math, and math and music go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. So, wow. Um, and. I, wow! I, I sound like I'm bragging on my kids, but he's in ninth no. grade and he's the section, the brass section leader already. Wow! Um, he's playing in a junior stage band where he is the first seat. He was wow. third seat last year as an eighth grader. Wow. <laughs> so, no, that's when I was his age. I played a lot of instruments by ear as well as the ones that I, and I took some lessons, but I never was as good at reading as him. But yeah, some people just have a natural ear, I think, for picking things up for some reason. And it sounds like he definitely has that, yeah. right? Wow. He's got a dad that'll promote him too. Yeah. So that's really you know that you Listen, know I, I'm I am making a website for one of the bands that he's in. Of course you are. Of course you are <laughs> taking their promo picture. Who took their promo I did. picture? Let I did do that. See, now, you know, a lot of people that I've met over the years who were successful and they're all different levels of success in the music business you know if you're full-time or playing on the cruise ships what i noticed is a lot of people who stuck with it i'll say and didn't quit came from a musical family of some sort and if their father knew hey man make a promo picture duh but i didn't know that you know when i was a kid none of my fan mates came from a musical family when i was that age and said, yeah, go, we got a business card, you know, back yeah. then. But, but, uh, so he has a big advantage. His father could promote him. Just, uh, well, he, but he's yeah. good in school too, huh? Oh, so he has all, he's taking all honors classes. So, wow. yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. That's terrific. And, and his sisters are currently in, well, they just left musical rehearsal. That's why they're not here. Mom picked them up. And they're and, twins. They are. They're um they have both singing and speaking parts in the musical. Um wow. They're taking vocal lessons. 
So you know, all three of them are in the junior junior choir at church. They all play the bell chimes at church. Um, Aiden some plays, sometimes plays his trumpet along with them. So wow. it's definitely, there's always music going That's on. That's always fun. <laughs> wow. Okay, before I forget, you got to tell Bria that there's a song called Sophie and Pearl. It's about two kittens on there, clarinet all the way through. And the guy that plays clarinet on that, Ian Smith from London, he's amazing. So clarinet, so the Bria, got to check that song out. Yeah, another another plug. All right. So what's up? So let, let's talk about you a little bit. We've been talking about me. That's my favorite <laughs> subject. I, yeah. Well, I wanted to, I've listened to some of your shows a bit, and uh, I knew some things about you. I knew you were a teacher and so forth, and that you've been in music in many different aspects for a long time. But I was just curious, you know, a few things. So, uh, yeah. Well, what would you like to know? Well, let's start. Let's start with a cliche question. Okay. It'll be an easy one. So right. how did how did you come up with Harmony Dreamers? Someone told me that, well, of course, you want to get a website domain name and you want to get your name on all these platforms, right? So you can't have something too simple, you know, because it's taken. You want to be memorable. So, <laughs> and memorable. So a friend of mine said, well, you combine words that don't normally go together. That was his, so there's a little clue for somebody trying to do that. And I went through a few ideas, but the idea of harmony, I guess, came together just because I love vocal harmonies for one thing. And then, and the word dreamers, you know, that could mean several things, but the harmony dreamers is also about <laughs> harmony in the world. I know that sounds cliche, but that's true. That's what the, the basis of the album the, the concept of the whole album is, is global connection thing. And uh, so just combining two words and Harmony Dreamers just felt like, wow, that's exactly. And it's not only that, I thought the people who will like my music because I'm such a lyric person and I'm into this positive message thing and everything, that people who will like that they like also harmony in the world, you know? And so it's about the listeners as well to me, you know? So that's where the name came from. Um, <coughs> sorry. That's quite all right. I was, I, I might do the same. And so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's probably the easiest question I'm going to ask tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so now we're, we're going to, I, I kind of tipped you off on this one, so I'll, I'll ask it first. All right. Um, if I was driving your tour bus, what would the soundtrack of the tour be? So what are we going to listen to in between tour stops? I love so many types of music, but I'll just start naming some people who are influences of mine. I'll say we have a playlist, okay? And... There were so many influences throughout time, but I would say there's a Jan Hammer, keyboard player, who the Miami Vice soundtrack, the original Miami Vice, people know him from that, but he played with Jeff Beck and dozens of people. He has a new album out now, as a matter of fact, called Seasons Part Two, I think. But Jan Hammer was my favorite musician, and he expanded my knowledge of chord structure, studying him and 
and he made me take up guitar synthesizer, which is my one of my main instruments, just because I loved his synth sounds. I wanted to, I play guitar, but I wanted to have those sounds at my disposal. So I would have some Jan Hammer on there for sure. Okay. I would have uh, some Jeff Beck with Jan Hammer, a Tommy Bolin, if anyone's heard of him, guitar player that was with so many people. And then maybe a Van Halen song or two and some rock and out stuff. And then I love melodic things, man. I have a Dave Clark Five song on there and Beatles song. And gosh, I have a, some humor on there because I, my, the title track has humor. I like to use humor once in a while in the lyrics when I can. It's not easy all the time. And so I have a song there by Joe Walsh that has some humor and maybe even a Jerry Reed song. Uh, and something... Some songs about love, peace, brotherhood. Everybody wants to live together. Why can't we live together? You know, I just that just came to my mind right away. You know, songs about, man, that's what inspired me when I was young. The Beatles and people singing about, you know, come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now and by golly i thought we were gonna do it i thought we were gonna bring the world together with that music man and but it had to help you know i mean a lot of open-minded things came from our generation so songs about love peace brotherhood oh man favorite songs somebody named automatic man uh, Automatic Man was a band from the 70s with Pat Thrall, one of my favorite guitar players. I'll have some tunes on there. Maybe a Barbara Streisand song because that, she influenced. That might be the first time she's been mentioned on one of my shows. But, she influenced I, but my, I get it. My vocals. She influenced my vocals because I used to listen to her in movies and I noticed she'd be singing so soft and tender and then she would be belting something out. And I thought, wow, the, the dynamics of her voice. And so, oh, man. Oh, I just heard a song by Patsy Cline. It's called True Love. And it's about guardian angels. And when I, and the guy played it for me. And the vocal is mixed so out front on this song. I've never heard a voice that is that much. That's every, like you can hear these strings and a little drum thing in there. It's called True Love. So I think, you know, you go through favorite songs. There's an electronic guy named Daval, D-A-V-O-L. Oh, man, I love some of his synthesizer sounds. So how about that for a playlist on the bus? <laughs> All right, so first, the only Patsy Cline song that I can think of is um, Walking After Midnight. Um didn't she do crazy? Oh, yeah, that's her, too. I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, everybody loves that song, right? But this song, True Love, man, it's an unbelievable song. So that's the playlist, I guess, on the bus for starters. Right, I so love... you, you mentioned movies, and that, that opens this question up. Right. And you may have heard me ask this one. Um, so you're leaving a show, and mm -hmm. as you're packing up, you notice that there's a DeLorean sitting with its door open. And a flux capacitor in it, and you know clearly you can borrow that time machine because you can bring it back to the exact same time. Um, 
So what, what period of time are you going to go to and what band or musician are you going to hang out with while you're there? Wow. Cause you know, uh, Michael Keaton hung out with, uh, Chuck Berry's cousin. <laughs> really? In the movie Back to the Future. <laughs> That's where the question came from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Can I pick two? Yeah. All right. I'm going to pick two. First of all, even though I wasn't born, well, maybe right after I was born sometime, Chet Atkins, um, who, you know, amazing guitar player and entertainer, he sing too. He's got a great song about his father that is one of my favorite songs. But he was with A&R Records later, I believe it was, as a A&R person. And he helped so many people get started. The Everly Brothers, who influenced the Beatles, and the list goes on. But Chet Atkins was such a nice guy from everything I've seen. And he played with Jerry Reed. I've seen some videos where he and Jerry played together and they're joking around on stage. And they both are, you know, creating solos. But Chet Atkins was actually... When I, I, one thing I recall now, Bill, when I was about four years old, I guess, we had a record player with all these albums, and there was one called Chet Atkins at Home. And it had him on the album cover with a guitar in the studio with this rack of gear with a reel-to-reel tape recorder. It was kind of a black-and-white, old-looking photo. And I remember when I was a kid seeing him with his guitar and his equipment you know, and I think that was uh, an influence on me. So then the other one I would choose, the second, let's see. Well, okay. You know the Muscle Shoals studio in Alabama? Yes. Okay, where if, if, if your listeners are not familiar with that, they recorded all of these artists, Aretha Franklin and Delbert McClinton and on and on. I, I wish I could and, think of all. And Leonard Skinner sings about it. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Skinner yeah. sings about it. But it was uh, in Alabama. It, it was funny when there was racial tension in Alabama down the road. They had all these black artists coming in. And and there was four guys that were the main, they're called the Swampers, who were the main musicians there. And they're on so many tracks, you know. And I was traveling around in a road band back then. And so... Right place, right time. If I would have just stopped in there, you know, on vacation one week and said, hey, what's going on? Okay, so I guess his name was Rick, the the guy that ran the studio. So I'm going to say him. Um, I don't recall his last name. Rick, the guy that started it, and he mixed everybody on his eight channel. They made him do take after take. And so Muscle Shoals Studio, uh, Rick, would be the other guy if I go back. So you made me think of a, of an Aiden story that um, I have a friend who does a lot of um, uh, reselling. Like she buys things and she sells them and like she'll go to estate sales and, and then she resells. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a huge Kiss fan and she came across a Kiss, uh-huh. a Kiss single and an Ace Freely single. And she's like, do you want them? And I'm like, of course. I said, but I don't Are have a kidding? record. I don't have a record player. She's like, well, I have a friend who's selling one. So I buy this record player for $15. She gives me the, the singles, and it sits in my hallway for a year. And I finally said, you know what? I don't know why I didn't listen to these. So I grabbed my kids, who had clearly never seen a record player, 
let alone heard one. <laughs> and I was, you know, I'm t- I just got done telling you Aiden's in all these honors classes. And, you know, so I play the record player. He asked me how it works. And I start explaining about the needle vibrating on the grooves. And, and when I, I get done, and he looks at me, he goes, Nope, it's magic. And he walks out of the room. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> not his character. I lost it. I, I was like, I don't even know how to react to that. <laughs> well, maybe it's the music lover in him, you know, that it is ma- music is magic. You know, uh, we take things for granted. You've seen it so many times, you know, but really, wow. It, it, like you said, it's mathematical, right? You know, this separation of notes and the harmony. See, that's, that's the thing. I think in the, in the very early days of music, besides drumming that were mono just melodies like uh oh the catholic what are they called now i can't think of it you know the guys uh, that sing the uh, the, mo- the, 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 the monks that monks. sing the um the, yeah those guys what what do they call that um, we know what it's called the something yeah. monks <laughs> those that's the a chanting basically the chanting monks yes yeah. and so it was single melodies and then the harmonies you know is the notes the and so it is magical, very magical thing. Yeah. I am. Um, let's see. What can I ask you next? Oh, this this is fairly new question for for my shows. Oh boy! And, and you have a DeLorean, so you can you can go back in time. Um, Again. Yep. <laughs> oh, so so you get to like invite this. any four people in the history of the world to dinner. Who are you going to invite to dinner, and what are you going to talk to them about? Four people? Wow. Man, you did. That's a tough one. I wish I had prepared for that. Okay, let's see. I don't know. I'm just going to go back and say, man. I guess I'll have to go with some musical people. So I'll say, hang out with Louis Armstrong for a while first. You know, this, I can go to different time zones, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. Yeah, after after we have all month or two partying with them, you know, or something, I think. <laughs> and then, and then let's see, and I'll go back to the twenties, and I don't even know the name of the band, but I got, I don't know, this just came to off the top of my head, and and apologies if, if it's inappropriate, I don't think so. But I saw a movie from the thirties. It was an all girl orchestra, about a thirty piece orchestra. And every one of them were virtuosos, and they danced, and they were all pretty, and dressed nice, and sang. And I'd I like to go back and jam with them. I don't know, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't let me. Probably it's an all-girl band, you know. But maybe I could mix sound or run lights for them or something, or take pictures. You know, you know, I could go there, and maybe they want a website now. You know, that they, you know, in this new day and age, you can build them a website. So then that's the 20s. I got two more, huh? Yep. Well, I'd like to say somebody spiritual. I'm just going to pick this guy, Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, who died in 50-something. No, I don't know when he died. But I studied meditation for years, kind of a hobby of mine. And uh, he was one of the first people that I read his book, The Autobiography of a Yogi. And a friend of mine, bass player, gave it to me. And so, just for, why not, you know, 
I read so much of his stuff over the years and I studied a course when I first started through him, through the mail. And so Yogananda, uh, <laughs> anybody normal that you can think of? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm single. I want to go find a wife and bring her back. So I wonder what Barbara Streisand's doing about 30 years ago. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's a different answer, right? I'm going to go it back is. and hang with Barbara Streisand for a while. And yeah, all right. Fun question. What's um, the best answer you've gotten on that one that you thought? You know what? You're only the most third. clever. You're only the third person I've asked. <laughs> okay. I might think of someone later. I want to, I want to. I should have done three, and I was going to hold one for just in case something pops into my mind later. <laughs> so I do, have, I, I do have a question that I that I ask a lot, okay. um, and I named it after the band that I first asked because they just had a phenomenal question or answer. Um, Who was so, that? So it's called the. Um, <laughs> this been it's really been this kind of day, Diesel Beast. <laughs> It took me a second. The band is Diesel Beast. You're out of Denton, Denton, Texas. And uh, the question is, if you could play anywhere in the world with any band or musician, where would you play and who would you play with? And okay. do you want to hear their answer or do you want to give your answer and then I'll tell oh, you? Oh, yeah. No, let's hear theirs first. Right. Or... So they want to play at Stonehenge with Dio. Good answer. And of course, I said, "Well, maybe that's why Stonehenge is there, so you can bring Dio back, so that you can do that." <laughs> wow! Yeah, you never know. It's worth a try. A phone call, maybe. You know? Maybe you have to press the stones in a certain order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe once they start playing with Ronnie James Dio, you know, something magical will happen. You know, <laughs> the a aliens will. I don't know. Okay, so that's that's a pretty good answer. So I'm gonna just put together kind of a super group and we're gonna play at Red Rock in Colorado, an outdoor that, place. That is on my bucket list. I want to go there. <laughs> oh yeah. Or there's a place called the Gorge, not too far from Seattle. Now I think I'll go to the Gorge because and it's on the Colorado River, way up there, uh and Driving distance to Seattle, it's it's quite a it's the other side of the state. But when they have a good concert, people are coming <laughs> there. And I I live in Seattle, still kind of my home base sometimes. And so, yeah, the Gorge and Jan Hammer would be playing keyboards. Jeff Beck on guitar. Uh, my best friend Larry from our group would be playing drums for one. But we're gonna have multiple drummers uh, because. Graham Hopkins, the other guy, plays drums on the album. He'll be there. He'll be the other drummer and a couple of percussion players. And then we have four bass players plus myself on the album. And one of those guys, whoever's available, oh man, they're all amazing these bass players. And so, well, I, you know, I get one of them. And then, oh, all the girl singers, I'll invite all eight of them. So Jan Hammer, Jeff Beck. Pink Floyd. Let's see who from Pink Floyd. Ah, let's invite them all. Roger Waters. 
Are they? They they're still around, I think. Uh, and Ringo Starr, I got Ringo Starr come. He always likes to play with all the all star bands. You know? He does. So, you know, yeah. Come on over, Ringo. Yeah, and then, and then you know, if anybody else happens to be in the neighborhood, drop on in, man. Let's jam. Come on over, you know. Bob Marley, if you, I know that would be a miracle if that happened. But anyway, uh, so there you go, the Gorge. <laughs> have you ever uh, heard of the Gorge? I have not. Okay. Right. Um, I bet I I interviewed. Um, I'm really having trouble remembering things today. Um, That's all right. I do it all the time. Yeah. His first name. He he worked in. He was in Seattle during during when grunge hit, and um. He worked on um, Pearl Jam's 10. He worked on um, a couple of the other big grunge bands. Why can't mm. I think of his name? I interviewed him. Uh, my drummer Larry isn't here. Um, we, we were both in Seattle when we met in 99 in a band called the Hi-Fi Hippies. But Larry was a lifelong Seattle. And he was not only in bands from the time he was a kid, but then he ran sound for everybody. And he knows everybody. He's got like a thousand promo pictures from Seattle bands and albums and everything. And he would know him, <laughs> whoever you're talking about, Larry would know him. <laughs> I'm cheating. I'm going to the website. There you go. Uh, that's the way to do it. So he, Google. He is, he currently records out of a couple places here in Pittsburgh, but the place ah. that, that I got put in touch with him from is called the vault. And um, they have a, a Neve um, 8058 console there. Um, Dave Hillis, that's his name. Dave Hillis, okay. So here, I'll, I'll read his bio from the from the website real quick. After signing his first record label deal at the tender age of 17 as a guitarist and writer with legendary thrash metal band Mace, Dave set his sights on the production and engineering side of the music business, where he was an engineer for legendary producer Rick per- Parishar at London Bridge Studios, Seattle, where he engineered Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and Candlebox, to name a few. Wow. So wow. I have I have this question that I ask on all of my shows. That, all right. That um I thought I was finally gonna gonna get a closure to when I asked him. Um so Dave Grohl or the Foo Fighters show up in my YouTube, you know, the the playing next list on the on the right. Mm-hmm. No matter what I search there's going to be at least four videos that include them. I can search how to clean, how to clean out a dishwasher and, and it'll have the Foo Fighters or Dave Grohl. So I no started way. asking, started asking this question um, because I started watching the videos and inevitably on almost every show that Foo Fighters end up bringing somebody from the crowd up on the stage and having them play. So the question is, mm. And I'll give you a chance to answer it, but I still got to give you some more backstory. The question okay. is, who is your Dave Grohl? In other words, who would you want to play on stage with and play one of their originals? But mm-hmm. because he kept showing up everywhere, I was like, well, I'm going to put him in more videos. So he's in every one of my podcast videos now because I asked a question. <laughs> and I've tried to contact him because he's like, he literally is everywhere. Like, he during the pandemic he did a drum off with an 11 year old you know like i'm like he's surely gonna talk to me and he hasn't yet so not I thought, yet so when i saw it when i got dave hillis i'm like there is no way that dave does not know dave and he didn't 
<laughs> he was like, we were in the same town and we played in the same places and we played shows together. He goes, but I never talked to him. That's like, are you, are you Facebook friends with him or follower or anything like that? I am. Um, I'm not sometimes, friends, you know, but... that, that six degrees of separation. Adam. Yeah. I, I, I've been, yeah, it's hard sometimes when people are so busy, you know, and they get bombarded. Yeah, I had that happen. Try to get a hold of somebody. Yeah. I've tagged him a, a bunch of times saying, Hey Dave, when are you coming on the show? And no response. I emailed his management. They didn't even reply. <laughs> So I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up yet because you never know. It could happen. You know, like, I'll just give you an example, you know. Perhaps, let's say you interview this band called Harmony Dreamers, mm-hmm. and you're like only the first person ever in history that did a video interview. And then next thing you know, they're like Pink Floyd, and then you were the first guy. Everybody's been making history. Everybody's <laughs> gonna want to come on your show, man. At that point, Dave will be calling you. You'll be like, "Well, let me look at my schedule here, Dave. Uh, well, how about next February 29th? Uh, no, I'm just joking. Sorry, Dave. You know, give him. Come on, wait. He's busy. You know, we understand. Like, Definitely, he's a guy too. You know, I'm sure you have people all wanting to come on your show sometimes, and it's hard to choose, right? I knew a guy that had a nightclub that I used to play all the time in Seattle. And he took me into his back room and he had these like eight milk crates full of promo packs from bands that all wanted to play there. Poor guy, you know. And then they're calling, we're the best, man. We'll bring the followers in. Come on, man. Hire us. Hire us. And he only had so many slots, you know. Yep. So, you know. Yeah, it's tough being popular. That's the thing. <laughs> all right. It's not easy. And you know that. <laughs> I my my daughter Bria asks me all the time if I'm famous because every time we go somewhere someone knows me and I was like listen all those people know me that doesn't mean I know them <laughs> right you know? yes and she's like hey. what do you mean I'm like well I met them but that doesn't mean I remember <laughs> yeah sometimes you have to, have to remind you and it comes back yeah so many so many well times. you figure yeah. like you know I've done six hundred thirty. 38 episodes of Pennsylvania rock show. There are a lot of people that have been on that show. Wow. You know, you know, 86 of this one. Um, I have a live show on XRP radio.co.uk, which is in Scotland. You know, I've interacted with bands in there, you know, it's by the way, my, there's a lot of of them. So listen, you guys, you know, if Bill forgets your name, just remember, he couldn't remember Dave Grohl's name for a while. So, you know, don't feel and bad. Dave Hillis. All right? And his own daughter, something that happened. I don't know. I See, I forgot now already. So give us a break, you know. Uh, anyway. Right, so so the question, the question ah, is, yeah. after that big, long story. Um, okay. so, so who would you want to go up on stage with and perform one of their originals? Oh, yeah. That was the question, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> Who would I want to go up on stage perform one of their originals? Wow. Man. Dave Grohl. No, I'm just kidding. I'll have, then we'll come on your show right after that. I um, haven't somebody answer that way. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer, my favorite musician of all time. Influenced me in so many ways. Um, love the guy. Love his music. And... Uh, yeah, Jan Hammer, and his originals. He has so many. 
okay, I guess I'll, you know what, I'll, maybe I'll go with, uh, he played with Neil Sean, the guitar player from Journey on a couple of albums. And they had some originals, Wasting Time is cool. So, so all right, yeah, we'll go, I'll play with him and Neil Sean. And I'll play rhythm, I don't care, I'll drums, and we'll switch. So, yeah, Jan Hammer. And that's, that's, that's and for other people who don't know who Jan Hammer is, it looks like Jan Hammer when you when it's spelled out. So if you want to look him up, amazing musician, keyboard player. Um, let's do one more question, and then we'll talk about the song and the album, and then I'll ask you a couple more questions. <laughs> All right, sure. Um, so what what is a song that you didn't write that you wish you would have written? So something that has really, really influenced you. What a Wonderful World, Louis Armstrong. Uh, I sang that so many times, different places, and people loved that song. And my mother, when it came out, suggested I should learn that song. God bless her. But that was uh, actually, that mo- people think that song is really old. But it was the movie Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And I think that was like, in Good morning. Good morning, Vietnam. Yes. And so that became a hit from that movie in, I believe it was 87. And it was on the charts. And so that would be it. I love that song. Oh, Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about I Am or I Come From Earth. Uh, okay, but this is like sometimes when I ask this question, the person I ask is kind of young, like Joey Connor that you watched, and it doesn't really resonate. But I'm going to say it anyway. This is your right. MTV or VH1 moment where you get to do a storytellers and tell me about that song. Okay, we're talking about the title track because the album is called "I Come from Earth," and that song came from personal experience. Actually, now some songs come in minutes sometimes but that came from personal experience and what happened like it says in the song no matter where you go when you first meet someone they always ask two questions what's your name and where are you from so it wasn't a song at this point and from personal experience what happened when i met people and they asked me where i'm from i said earth (laughs) and i noticed they laughed see you just laughed right everyone laughed almost every time, right? And I like to write humorous songs. So I started thinking, hmm. And then, except for the one girl who it talks about in the bridge, when I asked her, she was working in a restaurant, and she asked me where I'm from. I said, Earth. She said, where is that? And so <laughs> that, that's true. That's a true story. And so it came from personal experience. And then there were some influences. Uh, there's a part in there that says, it's a question and answer. Hey, hey, where you come from? I come from Earth. Okay, so that question and answer, I was inspired by many songs that had humor throughout time, but there was one by Warren Zevon called Surfer Girl, and it had a question and answer thing. There's a surfer girl I've been in love with a long, long time. What's her name? I can't tell you. Oh, and I would, I, made me laugh, just like, see, you're laughing. And so the question and answer thing came from that. And then 
so it took a few years. It started coming together last summer at my drummer and old bandmate from Seattle, Larry Draglin's house, where we were doing drum tracks last summer. It started coming together. And there are other people in the album. Uh, you know, I'll just mention real quick. I used to write songs throughout the years by myself because the bands that, I, that played originals, they never stuck together that long. And so I was forced to do everything myself, drum machines, bass, guitar, keyboards, vocals. But on this album, it started expanding first with Larry, my drum friend. And then on this track, it was the beginning of bass players. There's five bass players, including myself on the album. And this was the first one, Nikita Astrakhanhansev from Ukraine, who I found is a progressive player. He plays upright, fretless, five-string orchestra, symphonies, jazz, jazz rock. And he was the first bass track that I did, which got me hooked on bass layers. Previous to that, I was doing all synth bass. So Nikita, and then there is, there's a synth player named Lola, who I met through this process of finding 50 backup singers for that song. Because what happened is, about that. <laughs> yeah, see what happened after I was, originally when I was adding other musicians, there were eight female singers and I told you I sing low vocals and then they sing the higher vocals and I found eight singers assigned them to different songs uh, incidentally this icon from earth is the only song that I'm not sharing the lead vocals with a female or giving them on two songs I sat out even though I didn't want to but they were so good I just let them have the song so all the female singers after I'm searching for all these people the bass players we have some percussion players then I just, this album was coming together as this global project, you know, piece some of the songs, the, the, the positive lyrics and everything. And I was enjoying the process of getting people on the album so much that I decided to get some international backup singers for this tune, I Come From Earth. And I started searching for musicians and I ran into all these serious musicians around the world. They all have their own projects. And I got 21 backup singers, including the two main backup singers, CC and Anna V on this tune, uh, 21 backup singers. And they're from every continent except Antarctica, which is under international treaty and has no permanent residence. And so they all knew what they were participating in and they made statements about the project. And it was so interesting to meet these musicians who, they're so passionate about their music. They're out there connecting with other musicians. They all have most of them have projects. There were a couple of newbies who I just said, yes, come on and, you know, be part of this. And it was really fun to see their reaction as well. So the, in the process of the 21 backup singers, incidentally, I ran into two people who became part of other songs. One, Lola Vicentini from Argentina plays synthesizers and sings and so forth. She's playing synth now, the accents on... I Come From Earth on the title track, and she's on two other tracks. It was a last minute that I found her through that process of finding the backup singers for this. And then I'll just mention another girl. I lived in Philippines off and on at times in my life, and between cruise ship contracts and for two years once. So I wanted to get someone to represent on these backup singers from the Philippines. And I found a girl, Sheru. She lives in Philippines, and she did her part. And then she is also a producer, really great, uh, so such a good musician. 
And so I had some English lyrics for a song called Powder Powder Butterfly. And that means butterfly in their language, Tagalog. They also speak English very well there. So long story short, I asked her about writing a Tagalog version of this song and we collaborated back and forth. We have two versions of the song, one in Tagalog and one in English, and they have the exact same melodies from our collaboration. And that was amazing. So she does almost everything on that uh, and sings, and I sing, and I, I play real drums on that one to keep our dual drummers thing going that we have on almost every song. So when I come from Earth, the people that were on it, Larry, my old bandmate, he's on 80% of the drum tracks on the album anyway. and. Uh, and then we have at least two drums and percussion on pretty much every song as part of our sound. And um, there's, in fact, I'll, I'll mention there's a song called No Stopping that Michael, we're talking about, that's going to be the next single probably. And it's a progressive song. And in the middle, there are dueling drum solos between my electronics and Larry's real drums. And he can play, man. I told him to cut loose on that song. And you'll hear on the album, he can really play drums. And so we have dual drummers going on most everything. And then this song was, like I said, part of the beginning of finding the other bass players who perhaps I'd love to mention all the people on the album besides myself, the singers. Um, you can read about them on the descriptions of each song and so forth. Yeah, there's there's so many of them that and, and they do so much on their own. So but I'll mention, like I said, when I was younger, I used to do all the parts myself and out of necessity. and I never released music. I just love writing songs that I've always, since I was young, I wrote. And then at one point I set a goal, 15 originals on my four tracks and 30, 50, 70, then I quit counting. And I just kept writing. And I did a few things, you know, before the internet music business. And then now I just decided it's time to go on the internet, you know, and, and put some music out. And someone recommended I put an album out rather than all the singles in a row as, you know, but that way, you know, I didn't want to have a YouTube channel with one song on it, you know, so I right. <laughs> so got an album that, and, but I just love writing songs and I did it all by myself. So a friend, a couple of friends of mine who know me my entire life, they said, this is really your album, man. These are your songs you produced, you arranged all these things and everything. And you're always pointing to the other people in the album and what a difference it made. And granted, okay, I, that's true. However, they added so much to this project. And really the thing is, I just like writing songs. And and I've always enjoyed that. I'll, I'll share something with you, Bill. When you're a songwriter, and I'm going to say when you have a song that you wrote that has real meaning to you, and you finish that song, and you sit there and you listen to it like 20 times. And sometimes you're just in tears. And that process to me, that's what I've always loved is just writing and finishing a song. And now I, it's hard for me to even imagine people hearing the songs, you know, and, and it, the album is really getting, the songs are getting traction in all these places. It just amazes me right now. It's been out a month, you know, and there are 12 songs in the album. There's a two part song and there's a five part suite. So there are really 17 total tunes on the album. And if, an interesting thing, if you Google Harmony Dreamers, all of these articles and reviews and YouTube videos and stuff are all coming up at the top of the search on Google. And all of these reviews, 
are really interesting. They they actually have listened to my album, you know, and each one of them, they pick out these different songs. This is the hit. They say this is the hit on the album here. This one, and each one of them has a different a song. Different one, so yeah. I agree. So I agree with all of them, you know. Um, <laughs> and so anyway, that's the title track. I come from Earth. It took a few years to come together. Um, yeah, and it's okay. So so the lyrics of that song, you know, let's talk about this just for a second. Okay. All right. So so the song I come from Earth is really about no borders on this Earth, right? Because, and and you what, kind of followed through on that with all the different musicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it just it it really just started taking on a life of its own. You know, all my life I've been dedicated to music, and then on this project, crazy things just you know the the dates and when it happened and the people I've been meeting and all these things almost like it's out of my hands. Yeah, and so this project or the I Come From Earth song. It's been getting a lot of traction in different places. And uh, the lyrics, though, about no borders, essentially, it's just, where are you from? You know, what country are you from? And when I travel sometimes and someone uses the word foreigner about me, I think to myself, wait a minute. I'm not a foreigner, man. I'm your brother. I'm your cousin. You know, what is foreigner? But and it's just a word. I understand that, you know. But that's and to do it with humor, and from a from a real life, uh, you know, experience, it just it just happened over a course of a few years. So that's the title track. Okay. Well, let's take a moment and listen to "I Come from Earth" by Harmony Dreamers, and we'll be right back with Byron. <laughs> around every nation and at the start of every conversation two questions are always the same where you're from and what's your name well there's a thing that i like to say when i'm feeling in the mood to play now when they ask me where i'm from i just say earth Earth. 
I have a question for all of your listeners everywhere. Hey, hey, where you come from? Earth, right? That's, That's right. In the sky. I, and they just heard the song. If they're not listening at this moment and they came <laughs> in later, then, hey, hey, where you come from? And peace, everybody. All right. Cool, man. You're everywhere. Ah, that's really exciting. The Internet is so amazing now with the music. Oh, it is. I, I've talked to people from all over Scandinavia, all over Europe. Um, I heard those guys. I did uh, uh, an interview on Three Questions in a Song where I interviewed um, Vincenzo. Um, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Grieco. Vincenzo Grieco. He's from Italy. Um, he plays uh, rock, and I did the intro in Italian. Um, so wow. if you want to, if you want to hear some bad Italian, track that episode down. <laughs> they they were very nice and told me I was good. <laughs> wow, cool. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I heard a guy. I think he was from Holland or somewhere that you were talking with. I can't. And he uh, had all these strange letters on his pyramid. I can't remember his yes. name. Um. Oh. My memory is shot. Uh, yeah, I understand. I, I yeah, know exactly. Yeah, don't put the pyramid, the pyramid of letters. I don't Yeah, know. I know exactly which episode. But he was very interesting, about. very interesting, interesting yeah, individual. Um, from around the world. We got people from around the world listening. And yeah, the internet music business now is really amazing. Um, well, the, the internet is both good for the music business and bad. <laughs> okay, how's that now? So it's good because people that normally wouldn't hear your stuff are getting to hear it. But because they're hearing it, your royalties are not very good because, because like Spotify is a real low percentage and Apple is real. Like they're all really low percentages. So Mm -hmm. it's good because you're being heard, but it's bad because you're not making the kind of money you would have before the internet was involved. Right, but it was harder then, you know. I, I mean, uh, just briefly, and it's put out a record in the old days. There were four things you had to do, and that's recording, packaging, distribution, and advertising. So recording was generally more expensive back then because now you can do it on a computer. And then distribution, you had to print and package and ship and all these outlets, and you had to know somebody at at the record stores. And, but now it's just an MP3 file. So that's recording, packaging, distribution. You know. Now, easy, pick a distributor worldwide. The advertising part, see, that's where Michael comes in. That's still endless. And so, however, I, I see that as an advantage that where it was almost impossible to share your music before, now at least you can share it. And even if a few people really love it and it's not gangbusters, you know, at least it's out there and people are hearing your stuff. I, I think. The, I, you know, I, there's a thing I heard called standing on the shoulders of giants. And the way I see the Internet music business is all of these people who are responsible and make it possible for me to share music. We have inventors, software, hardware, gear vendors, music lovers who are mentors on the Internet and people like you who are music lovers that have shows, people like Michael, music lovers who help promote. and so. The standing on the shoulders of giants, I, I, I just think it's amazing now, this explosion of music, although another, I don't know if you say disadvantage, but there's so many great music, so much every, coming out every day and artists, but that's great, I think, you know, um, there, there's more music available 
um, in different platforms. So um, I suppose, you could, yeah, you're going to have to have a lot of streams, though, to make right. a little bit a little bit of mailbox money. That's what we call it if you ever get royalties. You know. <laughs> Would I, be, yeah. I, I've seen a few royalties uh, checks, and I, that's, I feel bad. Because I hear so much great music doing what I do. And then I'm like, yeah. that's all you, you're making? And that's, <laughs> you know, and, and I hate to say Lars was kind of right back when he went after Napster, but he kind of was right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a touchy subject, you know. In a way, it's almost free promotion if you think about it, you know. Like, uh, what, like talking with you, which is an amazing thing that we can do now over the Internet, you know, from far away. And then people can see, they can hear my music. And whereas before, how could they do that? Yeah, I had to get on the radio somehow or on mm -hmm. TV, you know. So now there are all these outlets, and there may not be a million people listening to the, the playlist that I get on or the, the place I go. However, if there's one and they love a certain song, man, that means a lot to me. You know, because when people like a song, when they like a band, I think it's a special kind of a like. It's not like pizza, which we'll probably talk about at some point. I think I've heard your other shows, right? Yeah. But it's it's not like pizza. Yeah, on the how much you love pizza? I gotta say music's better. So <laughs> when people love a song, when they love a band, it's a special love. And so if they if they love a song, it's a way to get it out there and I don't know, man. So I guess we we're talking about the music business on the internet, you know, and standing on the shoulders of giants. Um I think it's amazing. So can I segue and just tell you about it? There's a song on there called The First Song on the, the album, and it was written later. And it's just about finally putting music on the Internet. And there's a line in there that says, we need to make sure everything is working right. Because someone recommended that to me. They said, well, before you put it on an album, do a single or two and make sure the website and the promo and the social media and all that, right? And so... That song, the first song, is kind of a, just a joke, humor song about putting music out finally, you know. And I think musicians could probably relate to that. But to me, more importantly, I just really am thankful. I appreciate all those people that were the inventors and the gear vendors and the, 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 the uh, mentors that I listened to on YouTube and people like yourself and Michael, all of that group together. If it wasn't for that, if I wasn't standing on all of your shoulders, where'd my music be right now? You know, in my I, computer. I, you, you said something there that kind of hit me. When I first started in 2004, the first episode I used a computer microphone. The second episode, we had a, a mixer and uh, like two people from I don't know, four or five different, two people each from four or five different bands show up. And, uh, and then it turned into when the bands were playing live, I had a mixer, I had a gate limiter, I had headphone amps, you know, we had stools set up and microphones are all, all around the room. <laughs> and then I ended up with two mixers because I didn't have enough um, inputs. So I yeah, used I another mixer as a line mixer. And now I do it with, a USB microphone and a camera. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yeah. A USB mic. Yeah, I've been going through this 
different mics. It is. It's amazing the technology now well, of what this, you can do. This mic, I'll show it to you. It is actually XLR. XLR or USB. Ah, of course. So the, Great. Perfect option. And it sounds better USB, which I did not expect. <laughs> wow. Okay. It kind of makes sense in a way. All right. But, all right. So been... since you brought the pizza question up, I will ask it. <laughs> and, and then I will ask you two more general easy questions. And I'll let you go for the evening. All right. All right, so the pizza question came about because there's this band called Vaz, which is spelled bass, V-A-S-E, from mm. Michigan, that were playing in Catanning, Pennsylvania, which is about, I don't know, 25 minutes from here. And uh, I got a message from them on Facebook, and they're like, hey, I see you're near this venue. We're looking for somebody to take photos. Will you come and take photos? And I was like, sure. You know, like – so the podcast has its advantages because people from out of state are now finding me. But <laughs> so nice. I go go to take pictures and um, they were excited because the venue bought them pizza from this um, from this pizza shop called Vocelli's, which is like a they're not a huge. Um, not a huge uh, corporate company, but they are a corporate pizza shop. And I was regional, like, oh. regional. There yeah. you go. And I yeah, was like, yeah. I was like, man, I'm like, there's all these great mom and pop shops around here. I was like, they could have got from Mel's. Um, coincidentally, Mel's is owned by the sister of um, the guitar player in the band of the guy who helped me host the first PA rock show, which is one of those convoluted things. But <laughs> <laughs> six degrees of separation. Right. But anyway. So the question comes from that night, and uh, it's just simply, what is the best pizza you've had because you're a musician? So whether you went to a venue to play and the owner bought you pizza, or you were on your way to a show or from a show, or you had pizza while you were recording, I mean, anything that you can use to link it to being a musician, but what, what is the best pizza you've had? This is such an easy answer for me, because... One of my favorite dishes to cook now by myself. Do you make pizza? Sometimes we do. You do, but not. For, but do you throw it up in the air like the the pizza dough and catch okay, it? Okay, so I have not gone to that extent. However, <laughs> I will tell you that I do I do do the website for two pizza shops. And one, oh man, one of them is my cousin's. More pizza perks. Shop. More perks. Yes. Um, one of them is my cousin's pizza, pizza shop. It's called Domi's. It's uh, domispizza.com if anybody wants to look uh, it up. And uh, the other one is Route 66 Barbecue and Wood-Fired Pizza. Um, mm, that mm. one is just um, Route66BBQ.com. Um, both of them are phenomenal and not very far wow. from here. <laughs> wow. That pays to uh, pays to Build those people's websites or need an update? Yeah, okay. My freezer's a little empty over here with the with the barbecue, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a website for a food truck, and um, <laughs> there are lots of updates for food trucks because they're never in the same place, and that's what Ooh. that one's turned into. Basically, he's like, "Hey, if you're near, come and get something." <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Bring the family. <laughs> We do. <laughs> oh, nice, perfect. Yep. And I've known okay. him. I've known him oh. forever. His his parents owned a um, 
small Italian store and butcher shop on the street I grew up in on. So I, I've known him. Is that in Pennsylvania? Yes. Yeah. It's, so, uh, or Pittsburgh area? Uh, yeah, it's in um, Vandergrift, Pennsylvania, which is okay. – um, if anyone who would know where that is really knows where Pens- where they are in Pennsylvania. But you know where Acme is? Oh, I've heard of it, but I don't know where okay. it is. <laughs> oh, it's it's east. That's where my buddy's from. Okay, so, oh, well, now, so you don't throw pizza crust up in the air. You no. just, but you, you bought like a frozen crust and you make it from scratch. You put oh, we've done that. We've made, we've made the crust, crust from from scratch, too. But usually... Okay. Usually, like lately, we've been buying the dough, and then you know you okay. fill it yourself and. Yeah, yeah. Trader Joe's used to have it like in a bag for a dollar, you know, a bag yep. of dough, and you don't have to throw it up in the air, you know. So anyway, I played in well when I met Larry Draglin, the drummer and my old bandmate who's on most of the album. In '99 is when we met. And I had a house gig on the weekends at a place called the Rock Bottom Brewery in Bellevue, Washington, which is the, across the lake from Seattle. And it's actually the second largest city in Washington State, but it's a separate city, Bellevue. So right in downtown Bellevue, 99 during the dot-com boom. And we were, in fact, we played at the Rock Bottom for the Y2K party. You know, we were waiting for the hour to go out that night, you know. But anyway, this rock bottom, they had a pizza there, which now I make it on my own. So it's called Thai Chicken Peanut Pizza. Okay, now you like you like the tomato sauce on your pizza, right? Forget that now. Okay, get your crust and you put sweet chili sauce. It's a Thai sauce and it's got a little spice to it, but it's kind of sweet. You know, it's like a red sauce. And so you put a thin layer of that on there instead of tomato sauce. Now it's called Thai chicken peanut pizza. So chicken, I like to cook it a little bit. I don't want to put raw chicken on a pizza. You know, so I like to braise it a little bit, some chunks of chicken breast, and then peanuts. And then besides that, some red peppers, snow peas, lots of cheese. And then on top of the cheese, uh, sesame seeds. So it's it's spicy, and it's also better the next day after it comes out of the refrigerator. I don't know why, because as good as it is when it's when it's fresh. And so Thai chicken peanut pizza from the Rock Bottom Brewery. I stole the recipe directly from them, <laughs> and and I've been making it ever since. All right. So two easiest questions of the night. Okay. Where can you be found online? And I'm guessing you're going to mention what has been below me during the whole interview. <laughs> oh, yes. I see that now. Yes. If people remember the name, Harmony Dreamers, it's everywhere now. No matter where you go, HarmonyDreamers.com. Yes, the website. And by the way, we have LP uh, vinyl and CD available on there and coffee mug and T-shirt and things. And really fun pictures of all those backup singers and all the female singers and everybody, the 15 musicians that played 15 in addition that played besides myself. So the website has got some fun stuff on it and um, free downloads of music there. If you want it, same at Bandcamp if you want it for free or you can pay, but otherwise 
at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Harmony Dreamers, and then all of the platforms, of course, 250 digital platforms worldwide. Now that is available on and it's just simply Harmony Dreamers at Spotify, YouTube, I mean, uh, iTunes, Pandora, everywhere. And it's been getting some great traction. Uh, I can't believe it. Michael uh, Stober, it definitely is doing, I mean, the progress that we've made in a month. I just discovered last night that Spotify had two of our songs on one of their playlists called Radio, and they just added seven more. Nice. Their their algorithm. I didn't think it'd ever see us, you know. It's like, hey, algorithm, we're over here, right? Somehow, you know, it's been getting some traction here and there, and I don't know where. But it also one last thing. Yeah, if you Google Harmony Dreamers, you're going to come up with a lot of cool reviews, articles. Your podcast, I'm sure, will be within a day or two. It'll be right at the top of the Google search, and so you can find info that way. And yeah, Harmony Dreamers, that's all you really have to know. And tell your friends and your kids and their friends. <laughs> I like kids. Hey, last question. Okay. What's up next for Harmony Dreamers? Mm. Well, for one thing, uh-oh, it's my turn. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. For one thing, now that the album is out and a bunch of bonus tracks, it'll be back to normal of one song at a time as most people do these days you know just continue doing songs there's even one song that michael has submitted for a feature film that is not on the album and one that is on the album that was submitted as well for the feature film thing and th those are very competitive so and also the 12 tracks on the album we're just starting with with the first one um and it's been doing so much the title track there's also a, a second version of that coming out October 7th. It's called the Nashville Jam. And it's the same title track, but a guy I hired from Nashville that plays lap, you know, pedal dobro and pedal steel on that second version of that song. So that's coming out October 7th. One song at a time. And then all of the other tracks on the album, like I said, all these people have been saying, oh, this is the hit. That's the hit. This is the hit. So... Michael, we've already picked out the one song, No Stopping, that we think we're going to promote next, probably. But any of those, it sort of depends if someone likes them, you know. Um, like I see how many hits. The song Summertime Memory um, has been getting a lot of traction. It has a, a video on YouTube as well. It was the first single, but there was this big disaster in my promotion before I met Michael. I won't even go into it, but... Pretty much the first songs were just a test, and it was a good thing we did a test because something blew up, and you know. Could you hear that? that you, yeah, was that you or me? Some that that was a motorcycle driving behind me. <laughs> oh, okay. I have airplanes flying over here, but uh, yeah. So one song at a time. Uh, the 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 song is coming out, and then yeah, just more songs, but. I'm trying to decide where to go next. I'm in Las Vegas now because I finished mastering the album here. And hey, can I throw in something else? Uh, yeah. Take another minute. A lot of this bill was recorded on solar power in a travel trailer studio home during COVID. I say 80% of the album was recorded on solar power on my end, the mixing and my recording. And so I was just sort of following the sun and mostly in Arizona, Southern California. 
And then I came here to Las Vegas to master the album because the mastering engineer here, Lewis, the LP at the Hideout Studios, I met him and he taught me some things about preparing tracks for him to master because he knew my, my Ableton software real well. And so that's why I came here to Las Vegas. Well, now that's finished and I'm trying to decide what to do next because I've always been like a gypsy musician my, most all of my life. And I have some places I could go, but I'm considering going to Asia, Thailand, Philippines, and Cambodia, sort of a spiritual health retreat and also documenting and doing interviews and videos and things from there as well, you know, and maybe even music from there as well. So I think I'm going to travel, but right now I'm kind of, this, this album was such a focus for a long time that I kind of got out of balance a little bit. And so I, I have a book called Balance Your Choices and I'm out of balance, right? So, uh, and it's on, it's on the website too, a little book that I wrote for personal reasons, just as a hobby. And so, yeah, I'm going to just uh, sort of regroup now and decide what's next and relax, man, take it a day at a time, one thing at a time, you know, a lot of priorities, a lot of things that I could do, but enjoy life. That's what I want to do. Man. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you for hanging out on episode 86 with me. I appreciate it very much. I love your show, and I'm going to tune in and listen to some more episodes and check out your other stuff you do. I wish I was there. You could do some photo shoot for me, but Las Vegas a long way away. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, you could come this way and then fly to Cambodia. <laughs> well, I'll keep that in mind, but, you know, it's kind of, there's a lot of options, kind of a budget thing, you know, and just, then you have to store your things and all these preparations, so. I'm just going to relax and take it slow. And I'm enjoying, you know, right now, like I said, if one person likes one song, that means so much to me. And so now I was really was staying away from social media and stuff a lot, you know, but now I'm enjoying hearing just people's perspective about what song they like or something, or when somebody likes a song, man, that means so much to me. And I, I look forward to just hearing from music lovers like you out there that, it's my favorite song or something, you know, and that I, to me is that's going to be fulfilling. That's something like I started taking photos like 20 years ago um, of bands, but I didn't really get good at it until about three years ago when really? I got the proper equipment. <laughs> um, I was using, um, I was not using professional cameras. Um, so, what I really love, and it's very similar to what you said, is... Hey, wait a second. I'm going to turn my power back on. Let's see if we get a buzz again. Uh-oh. Sorry, I just saw my, I saw my battery saying, hey, hey, hey. So We're, we're good. Okay. No buzz. Okay, please continue. So, so your photography, you got new equipment now? Well, it's new to me. It's older. <laughs> uh -huh. But um, what I absolutely love is when I, I take photos of, of bands and they put them on their cover photo or their profile photos. So oh, when a band man. takes, you know, and it's similar to what you're saying, you know, you, you, you're putting so much into that. Like when I, when I'm taking a photo and then I sit, like people don't realize, like we go out and we take your photos, maybe we're there two hours, but then we right. spend another four hours editing, you know, and, right. and picking and 
and you know adjusting colors and just getting it just right and then when that like when a band takes the time to use that photo for something that's when i'm like oh that is so awesome oh yeah i bet yeah it's it's very artistic a different branch of art you know photography like the album cover um a friend of a friend she did art just for personal uh, uh anime type art on her computer you know yeah go ahead you know and she I had a design for the front and back. It's really clever on the back, but she made it happen. And so, yeah, those different artists, artists, even dancers, I would love to incorporate some choreographed dancers in my videos sometime, you know, art. And so photography, I wish you were out here. <laughs> I need some good, but I need some good promo pictures. It's, it's so important. And uh, that must be exciting, though, to see your your art getting out there well, oh and, and and you're doing so much right now i can imagine your arts everywhere and you, now you're hot how many podcasts have you done now hundreds almost so <laughs> this one is 86 86 and, oh no don't he, delete it everybody you know what 86 means in the I military knew, but you shouldn't have said you're it. out of here 86 maybe i'll oh, make no it. maybe i'll change oh, it to i'll change it to 86.1 <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> um, and then, could have been worse. Yeah. Could have been worse. We just got on this chart and we were number sixty-nine. I guess somebody had to do it. You know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing else to say because it was called the Big Buzz chart, and I also don't even want to talk about the Big Buzz, whatever that means. I don't know. You know, there's kids listening, man. Come on, you know. But uh, <laughs> there, yeah, there's... number. Number sixteen on the big buzz chart. Now we got eighty six, episode eighty six. You're out of there. So, yeah, so eighty six on this one, six hundred and thirty eight on the Pennsylvania Rock Show. Oh my then, god! Then there was another one called um, Throwdown, but we only did four episodes. We actually did five, but it, Throwdown was me and the lead singer of four different bands. And when we did the fifth episode, we recorded like four hours, and it's only supposed to be an hour. And I was like, I'm not editing. Wow. And that was the end. And there was, that was the, so that episode never aired. <laughs> so how long have we been talking here? Um, an hour and 22 minutes. Wow. Which is long. Edit. This one. <laughs> Edit. Uh, and then. Oh no. The, the song's there's... three hours. Okay. Three hours and 33 minutes. Or I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. Three minutes and 33 seconds for the song added to that. Well, wow. That's really cool, man. Yeah. But, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it, I, that, that's really like people ask me all the time, like, cause I tell them, I'm like, I don't really like, I make money from the websites and I make money from EPKs and I make some money from photography, but I do not make any money off of, off of the podcasts and the radio shows. And they're like, well, you could, you could sell advertising. You could, I'm like, I could, but then it's a job and this is supposed to be my hobby. <laughs> that's true. And, that's true. So, you know, and, and I get to talk to so many cool people and learn about their music and, and introduce them to people that wouldn't have heard them. And, you know, that's that's what what I enjoy about it. You know what? When Sometimes I meet people and I ask them what kind of music they like and I'll ask them if they play music. And, and some people, they feel like, oh, no, I, I don't know how to play. But but to me, that's better because a music lover who just loves the music for the song. And they're not analyzing it like, oh, I see what he did there. Oh, yeah, 
the three chord with the reverse thing, you know. And yes. but if you're just listening to it purely and just hearing music for music, you know, and and you know what? I'll throw in one more thing. I've met a lot of musicians who they feel like their opinion about music is God, you know, like that band sucks, or that's the best band in the world, right there, man. Let me tell you. Well, guess what? It's all opinion, it's all subjective. Whatever you like, whatever music turns you on, that's what that's good music. And if somebody else says it's bad, they don't know this. That's just their opinion, you know. That's I tell you're a music you. lover. That's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm saying is but the thing that you're the things that you're doing is because you're not just the average music lover, you know, and 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 I don't mean to downplay anybody else that's less of a music lover. Because everybody loves music, right? I think. I keep asking people, do you like music? And I keep waiting for the one guy, you know, get out of my yard. I hate music, <laughs> you know. But I haven't met that guy yet. Everybody loves it. But no, you are a, a an avid music lover, you know, um, the things I, you're doing. I will tell you a story off the air, which you probably won't believe. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I like doing it. And. You know, I have my own streaming radio station on Build the Scene, and then I have Dude. the podcast. I do. And um, wow. I tell people all the time, if if it's good, I'm going to play it. It doesn't mean that I have to like it. It doesn't have to be in a genre that I consider my favorite genre. If it's good music, I'm putting it on the rotation. So if you're out there and you're going, well, I hear Bill and most of his stuff is rock, or I hear some metal, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play your hip-hop or your bagpipes. I have bagpipes, electronic bagpipes wow. on the rotation. If it's sorry. good, it, electronic bagpipes. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, oh. just, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, there's hip hop. There's, there's rap. There's, sure. you know, if it's good, I'm going to play it. And it doesn't have to be something that I to go, Oh, that's my favorite stuff. You know, if I listen right. to it, I'm like, there is definitely someone who likes this and this is recorded. Well, it's going on rotation. Nice. Um, so, yeah, something for everyone. Send some music. <laughs> something for everyone. It's all personal opinion. That's right. All right. So, here's what we're going to do. We are going to head off into the evening, and uh, Byron and I are going to have a little bit more of a conversation. And uh, those of you that are listening to this show, uh, if you're listening on RudaRoo make sure you hang out there. You may hear some more music that you really enjoy, and you might find a new favorite musician. Um, if you're listening to BuildTheScene.com, definitely stick around because everything that's played on my station is unsigned and independent, and uh, you can find information about those artists right on BuildTheScene.com as well. Um, with that said, this has been episode number 86 of Three Questions and a Song. Uh, the next one will be on October 15th. If you're into checking out the Pennsylvania Rock Show, that's every Friday. And uh, three questions, or three questions, a song, Friendly Fire, which is the live show I mentioned on um, XRP Radio. We don't have a set date for that, so you just have to keep your eyes open because it's hard to get four of us uh, sitting down and on in the internet at the same time, mostly because I'm busy. <laughs> With that said, we will catch you next episode. This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-site music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.